Hey there, SE Land. This is Twig, Anthony Twig Wheeler here, here with another episode of Twig's SE Reflections podcast. This is episode 96, and the patterns, the patterns here are all going to start to break down. I'm going to start to have to shift things up a little bit and I'll start doing that with this episode, episode 96, where through and through eventually going to be talking about the importance of trying new things and doing other kinds of things than focusing on therapy all the time. Other things, doing other things. Get to that. One pattern I'm going to go ahead and break for regular listeners who would know that my little tracking twig section, little part of the podcast that is usually reserved to the very end just to let people know little things that I'm up to or doing some folks track me like that might want to get in on something that I'm up to if that's possible anyway I'm going to move that to the front here start with tracking twig I am in a portable studio a portable studio known as a rental car northern Illinois I'm in northern Illinois because I'm out in Chicago for the month of July and August. I'm doing a something new. I'm doing something new. I'm doing a comedy improv theater training at the IO Theater, the Improv Olympic Theater. Fabulous. Far exceeding my expectations. It's it's great. And I've been looking at this for I've been looking at this for several years. Finally doing it this summer. I've known that I was going to do that. I mentioned it on Facebook a couple months back, but haven't mentioned it on the podcast. Had other things to get through. Well, let's see. Why do I mention all of that now? Well, one reason is because the sound quality might be a little different. I'm in a rental car. I It's been like a weekend of errors. You know, I can't record something like this in the city. <laughs> I don't know if you've been to Chicago. I am just getting to know Chicago and loving it although there are things you know it's loud it's a loud place and my housing situation is kind of a common short-term rental thing it's loud not good i know one of you are listening with your earphones on right now i i don't want all that noise and so i i thought okay i'll leave the city i'll go up to the park i'll be able to record oh and then okay sure there's a storm that won't work i'll get a hotel no the hotel's having a party and the plumbing is going on the whole time so there's all this background crashing and noise that won't work okay I'll look again it's windy today <laughs> and uh, I finally found this place it's a park next to a lovely little wood reserve preserve in Illinois I'm here doing episode 96 and that's part of the thing about tracking twig it's like why am I doing this from the road? Because some of you know that I was just offline back in June in my studio where I was actually working on trying to prepare these episodes for while I was going to be in Chicago. But you know, wow, I can't tell you what has become of this project. It's all-consuming or some... It's not all-consuming, but it has been consuming. You know, I that last episode... It, didn't you that was long huh Woo! some of you listened to it i know two over two hours too long i agree do you know i spent over 20 
I spent 27 hours working on that. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but I, 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 I think some of you know why. And that's, that's what matters to me. And that it's there someday. Somebody, one of us, is going to have a friend who is in an accident. That would be a place, a thing to go listen to before talking with them. At least, I think so. That's why I offered it. And that's the point here. My offer to help comes along with my limitations. It has to. And those, in my my style of doing things, those limitations are, are great. So some of you have been following me with this podcast project with great diligence and attention weekly. And I both apologize and think that you understand when I'm not able to get the episodes out on Saturday, like I have at times been able to do, but at other times haven't been able to do. The last three, four, five, I guess, have consumed like 10, 20 hours each episode of just just working it out and um, not, been, not been light and fluffy, which I need here. And that's, um, that's both because there's just so much hard news to be listening to these days. And I already set up this season to have a light and fluffier time because my year, I don't know about yours, but my year has been an effort, very challenging. So I've been taking the cue. Um, there have, there's been a dramatic, I'd say dramatic drop in listenership through the summer, which at the most optimistic level of things, if, if, the, if the issue is wanting people to listen, which is kind of the goal, um, you know, if, if the numbers drop down at summertime, you could hope that's because it's summer. But it could be that some folks found the podcast here, decided, oh, that's about enough for me, and have kind of dropped away. And watching those numbers drop while my effort has been increasing in order to finish in the way that I kind of intend to do, I, um, it's been helpful to have enough space to get everything done and not feel too, too um, pressured. And nobody has pressured me. I thank you all for sticking around. That's Tracking Twink. I'll be, um, I think I'll try to get one more episode published while I'm in Chicago. Another light one after this one on common mistakes in our SE practices. And then I'll save the last three episodes for when I return to my studio because those are those are bigger and um, more involved. So I'll do those end of um, end of August. And some of you may have noticed that I'm going to get to do a little webinar with the uh, Somatic Experiencing Trauma Institute. That's on September 2nd, Friday, September 2nd with SETI. That's just a little presentation online with them. Okay, episode 96. How you doing? Doing good? I'm doing good. I'm psyched. I had this little walk around these woods and it kind of fits with the topic of today's episode of, of doing other things. You know, I know that we all do other things. You must. You got to eat and take care of your home space and your family life and your dental hygiene. And at the same time, we don't we, we get like super into this. 
you know, not everybody, but if you're listening to this podcast, you do. You know, it's like you're one of those people that got turned on to this, probably read some of the books or didn't read some of the books, but you didn't read so many of the books. But, you know, you've you've invested time, money, attention, feeling, your your reputation. You've put a lot into this and and it can be a little consuming. You get into assisting or trying to learn more, go to every single workshop that's offered. And there is more and more offered, which is just kind of great, isn't it? More and more information is accessible. Let's make it all really, really accessible. That's what I hope. Well, you could get so into this that you stopped doing anything other than, quote, somatic experiencing or attending workshops related to trauma healing. And if you did that, you wouldn't be alone. You'd be in a room full of at least some number of other people who had done the same thing. So you'd be in good company. Uh, if I was in that room with you, it'd, it'd pretty much be because of the same thing. I really did that. I would do it again. I'd do it in a heartbeat. You know, to drop into something intensive and deep, something that doesn't doesn't seem to have... Doesn't kind of, it kind of doesn't have an end. You could almost just keep learning new stuff and getting more and more flexible in your attention to people and your presentation and your response and your invitations and everything can get ever so much more refined. And as you have more refined ability to help people, you get to help more in more complex situations well, that would probably, yeah, sure, obviously that puts you in a more complex situation where you have to improve your skills. It's a kind of ever-increasing opportunity. It's like an upward trend. You can really get into this. You can spend a lot of time with this. I'm going to advocate that at some point you remember that you're still an interesting person of your own, in your own way with your own interests and your own other concerns and your own talents and history that the whole world doesn't revolve just around the nervous system, although I know that that's a central feature of our experience of things and people's behavior, and that's part of why it's so fascinating, as you can see just so much about what's going on inside and for people by attending to nervous system thoughts and questions and language and such. At the same time, you're still your own curious cat. I mean, don't you think? When was the last time you went dancing? Went to the park with a friend? Took a new class that you didn't know what was going to happen and you didn't know if you were going to be any good at it? Whew, you know, not, not to, I'm not trying at all. You definitely hear me. I'm not trying to pressure you at all. I don't, don't have any intention for that. But it is a curious thing. Where's the levity or the otherness or the unexpected happening? Because that's a, that's a feature of our profession as much as it is a feature of just being human with a profession. You know, you don't want to just be your job. But it's also actually part of being in our job. Like, I'm in this comedy improv training right now in Chicago as an example, and I can tell, I can see, it's so obvious to me, how 
uninformed I am about current pop culture. And, you know, we talk about that in, as therapists. We say, you know, you have, to, you have to be up somewhat on what's going on on television and what's going on at the movies, what's going on in the music world and that kind of thing. People are going to mention things and you want to be able to relate to them and have some appreciation to them. And, and I don't mean to be rude, but I've, I've never... I've never read Harry Potter as one example. It's it, not to be rude, you know, um, but there's only so much time and many hours in a day and all of that kind of thing, and you got your own thing. And so, like, I read Darwin, you know, and it's, it's like, okay, Harry Potter's out there, and I kind of almost understand it all and everything, but I'm in this class with all these people who know all of, maybe not all, but they know so many of the current references of what's going on in popular culture. And that's even more their responsibility as comedians and theater people to be really up on the current events. And I can see just how far I'm not up on the current events. And it reminds me that even when you're in therapy, as a therapist, you don't have to know everything about pop culture and you can kind of talk your way through supporting people's interest in different things that you don't necessarily know about. But it's probably still part of our responsibility to be involved in something, something now, something current, something that we're involved in watching be created in the now, in the moment. Zumba, as it as it has been said on this podcast before, like something that has some current momentum to it that I would say is unrelated to trauma. A lot of our clients don't spend all of their time experiencing themselves in a traumatic condition. And those who do spend all of their time experiencing themselves in a traumatic condition, an opinion coming, I think they need exposure to people who don't think about it and worry about it and wonder about it just all the time as though that's the only thing. And that includes us. That includes us as therapists. Now, whether or not you need to name your passions and your interests to your clients, probably not, and, or maybe sometimes, you know, there's, there's reasons for it all. And at the same time, like, we, we want to have some depth. We want to be able to offer some depth and some breadth, and some of it probably better off if it's somewhat current, some of it at least. And, some, you know, I'm a fan of big arcane stuff that, you know, six other people on the planet know about just something of interest and depth and that we can put our time and effort and passion to. That's an advocacy that I'm making here. There's other things I'm making here too, is that there's learning, serious learning to be done inside of doing other kinds of things. You know, in an early, really early episode, like maybe episode number five, I talked about adjunctive skills for SE practitioners who want to kind of like really pull in the art of this. And you could probably do that somehow by just going through the training and really focusing on what's offered in the training. And you'll notice that folks who really kind of can move around with their clients in lots of different ways, they'll be pulling in different, at least suggestions from other modalities and they'll be pulling in at least other awarenesses from other modalities so it's kind of important to check out in my opinion 
some of the other modalities that have heavily influenced somatic experiencing. And those could be anything from like cranial sacral to rolfing to hypnosis or, you know, other somatic oriented body psychology kind of stuff, you know, body dynamics or sensory motor psychotherapy, Hakomi, et cetera, et cetera. It's like to get into other modalities. And in that episode, I talked about other adjunctive studies that I had done that had influenced my SE skills. Well, in this way, I think it's just as important or maybe in a related way, a kind of important thing to study other stuff. I don't know, calligraphy, video making, I don't know, cooking, dancing. Dancing, I definitely think is a big one because so much of SE is a kind of partnership kind of thing, like learning how and when to step in, step back, lead, follow, all of that. So I think dancing's got a lot of lessons, particularly partner dancing. Dancing, You know, of course, I'm doing this improv thing that is really informative. But so, so too with, um, here's one that I, I used to think about a lot. I, d I don't do this very much now because I've hurt myself <laughs> plenty of with it, but, I, but I'm attentive and I like the idea. I like the learning inside of it, which is why I mention it. It's a, a practice called parkour. I know at least one of you listeners know about this. Parkour and free running, P-A-R-K. O-U-R, parkour. It's from France originally, and it's kind of a modernist updated version from an old thing that used to be called parkour, where you would kind of do an obstacle course, run through the forest or the field with obstacles in your way, and your task was to move over those obstacles as quickly as possible, something like what they would do in a military training. And now, in the last 20 years or so, it's become a practice, a kind of movement practice where you, particularly city and people in the urban areas, France, England, I know somebody in Tucson, Arizona, who's very good at this, an SE-related family member. And what they do is they kind of take on older buildings. Well, they take on older buildings or like features in the landscape and here's the central feature of parkour is that you're trying to move through the obstacle with the least amount of effort as possible. You're trying to move through the obstacle with the least amount of effort as possible. And that's, that's just kind of a central tenet of this movement practice, which I think is keen, really super keen. I think that's such a savvy thing to say and to think about. And I often borrow that and put it inside my thinking process inside my sessions. Why am I bumping up against this? Why am I making this harder? Why am I not looking for the easiest way through this obstacle? I often draw that meta commentary narrative from that movement practice parkour into my sessions, even though I, I'm not really a parkour practitioner you know, I move and I do my own things like that, but, but I don't jump from rooftop to rooftop or through windows and all of that kind of thing. And yet there's value to knowing about parkour and its central tenets. Same thing with Aikido. I know a lot of SE practitioners who are really advanced practitioners of Aikido 
Lyle Keane and Russell Jones in Brazil, Angela Mesternan in Brazil too, Stephen Hoskinson has an Aikido background, several others that I know of as well. This is a wonderful movement practice that has a number of tenets in it that the tenants themselves talk about joining and working with people, turning your attention with people's attention in order to guide what happens next as compared to confronting or having an abrupt edge in terms of their want and your want so as to work together as compared to work antagonistically. It's super helpful when doing sessions to be able to guide people in a smooth way like that rather than an abrupt way. They're so much less likely to put up the guard, you know, to cause that growl that says, I don't want to do what you're wanting me to do. Instead to go, oh, well, okay, I'll, I'll go with you now that you've gone with me. A little bit of Aikido practice really helps to say, oh, that's a good idea elsewhere outside of here. And as as the practitioners that are looking for that extra edge of pulling in all of our resources, that's an example where there's an idea out there that could be coming into our sessions and helping things move smoother. My guess is that you've got your own. You do things like this all the time. I don't know what you do. Let me, let me name one more that maybe made the most impact on me. I did hospice one time, particularly um, for a friend, a dear friend, one of my dearest friends who was passing from cancer. And I lived with her, stayed with her for three months while she was passing. And we were doing SE quality stuff all the time. And I was attending to her in the way of a hospice caretaker. So I was kind of watching her body fail, watching things get quieter. I was having to both use the skills that I'd already developed and learn new ones on how to attend to somebody whose energy state was compromised and failing. It was obviously going to fail. There was a point inside of that time together where she was, she was failing quickly, very quickly. And, and so we said, okay, well, let's, let's try and see if we can't slow this down a little bit so that things get a little easier for a little while. She still had some goodbyes to do and such. So we set up a session where I was going to do some eye of the needle work, which I had studied with Peter before that. And really important, if you haven't had a chance to take that in, and you think about it, you know, it's like, it's out there and it's something to know about that. Well, okay. So here's something that we did with it. She was failing. Eye of the needle work is right at that kind of edge of things. And so we set up a special session where she had one of her closest guardian supporters come. And then I had one of my kind of strongest young attentive people come to the house at the time that we were going to do this session and my fella stood outside and kind of protected the grounds giving me the absolute assurance that we wouldn't be disturbed and then her supporter her guide shaman woman stood behind me giving me a kind of um, support you know attentional support background support focus and then I went in and again with my dear friend who, you know, was failing. So it, this was a dicey thing for me to attend to at the same time, my own feelings plus the work to be done. But we went in and we did this really fantastic eye of the needle session. 
you know, lovely, really lovely. And she had a fantastic week after this, really fantastic week after this. Um, we were able to go to the market afterwards. Go. She went around town and visited a few more people. She was able to take more visitors in home so as to say goodbye. And then she started to fail again, you know, and we kind of let that go at that point. At that same time, if I hadn't done that hospice, if I hadn't taken on that other role, I would never have had that opportunity to both sit in that different pace of living and, and dying and I wouldn't have had the opportunity to take that eye of the needle opportunity and, you know, provide that for my friend. Doing other stuff, other stuff than just our office, signing up for a class that we don't know what's going to happen, where we have to be in a beginner's mind, where we have to be, this is a good one, where we have to be uncomfortable, you know, totally nervous. Can't believe, oh, I can't believe, totally, I'm a, I'm a nervous cat, so... There's no doubt that I would be nervous in this class, but I'm nervous. I'm nervous all day long, every single day. My heart is kind of like jumping out of my throat. And, well, that's that's part of the thing. It's like when our clients come into our offices, how many of them feel super calm and relaxed, really, legitimately, like honestly? How many of them actually feel calm and relaxed and at ease, ready to just be there and let it happen, you know, really let themselves just really enjoy being there with you. I don't know. I imagine a lot of them are super nervous. They feel super unprepared for whatever is going to go on. They don't know what to expect. It's new. They're learning a new language when we're inviting them into the experience of their body, a foreign landscape, as we talk about it sometimes. Big deal. Good to put our own selves in a nerve-wracking uncomfortable situation every once in a while so that we too can uh, get a feeling of what that's like and remember even when we're really advanced at one thing and we start something else we could end up being a beginner again and then if we follow that process through we don't have to stay a beginner we can improve from there and really I bet the truth is we don't yet know what we're capable of. No, I bet we don't. Well, my friends, I know you're out there having the best summer you can. I know you're doing the best with all the hard, hard news that's been coming down of late. It's been there before. It'll probably continue. And I do hope that you're finding some levity somewhere along as you go. I'm wishing you the very, very best. Okay. I'll put up another episode toward the end of July, and then again, third week of August, I'll get back on again. Until then, you take good care. Bye-bye now. Get up.